Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Amit Fan. Please do rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe there as well. Today, as we wait for Raptors game, because... I mean, my gosh, it feels like it's been forever. It feels like I've been waiting for days upon days for another Raptor game to happen. But we are getting closer and closer. Friday is just around the corner. And then after that, we are on the cusp of the playoffs. 25 games remain. People say, oh, we're at the halfway point of the season. No, we're not. We're not. That was a while ago. 25 games remain in the Raptors season. And then here we go with the playoffs. And hopefully we'll be looking at the Raptors team as a top six seed. Who knows? Maybe play inbound. I don't know. We'll find out, obviously, together. But there are some things that they got to think about, some things that they got to address. And so we're going to go through some of those today. And starting with, now, you may not be a fan of this one, but hear me out with this because I think there's some value to it. And I wonder if the Raptors should decide to move Scotty Barnes to the bench. And this is nothing to do with his play and how he's... uh, definitely overachieved this season. He's been everything and more for the Raptors, but this is more about what a player like Kem Birch, who hopefully stays healthy. And this is all contingent on that because I don't think anyone else should be in the starting lineup other than Kem Birch. And I say that because Kem is, he is their only true traditional center. He has an ability to defensive rebound and to really clog the paint, to uh, muck up driving lanes. He's got active hands. And when it comes to tagging and containing Um, rollers in the pick and roll like there's no one better on the Raptors than him and I look at the Raptors for where they are in their season and the deficiencies that they have and one of those is is defensive rebounding and also just the lack of size when it comes to their low man and Scotty you know he's doing the best he can but he's just not that guy necessarily and I wonder if you know you insert Ken Birch hopefully he stays healthy he's giving you 20-25 minutes a game more if if the uh, matchup uh, requires it and you know he's going to help you defensively he's, he's going to help you you know become a better team on that end of the court and also I mean one of the low th- low key things about the Raptors and what's kind of gone on over the past little while is that they haven't been able to get out in transition as much they rank seventh in the NBA over the last 15 games and you know previous to that like they were definitely you know top one top two in the NBA when it comes to transition points. So the fast break is a huge part of their game and they're not really able to get that going as much. Obviously teams are scheming forward and they're getting back on defense, but a person like Ken, because of his ability to defend the rim, he is someone who can actually help promote your fast break opportunities when he's able to, you know, contain a, contain a role to get the defensive rebound. And he's so smart um, at making that outlet pass to a Fred or, or, or Siakam or Ananobi Whoever the case is, he makes that pass really fast. He's He's got excellent basketball IQ. And so he makes that fast read. And all of, all of a sudden, now you're flying down the court. And in the open court, the Raptors are absolutely deadly. So you know, between you know the fast break opportunities, 
possibly increasing, defensive rebounding being better. Those are two areas that the Raptors are definitely uh, needing to, to get better at. And Ken Birch would address both of those areas. And, you know, when it comes to like an OG and, and Gary Trent Jr., um, I think we've seen over the past little while that, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of cooks in the Raptors offense and Pascal, because he's become this number one option that we've all hoped he would be, but now he is that guy. And then Fred Van Vliet, well, he's an all-star, so he's going to get his touches. Then after that, it gets really, really dicey. And who is next up in the pecking order? Obviously it is a little bit about matchups and who, who you're facing, but I think that, you know, Ken Birch, he's going to, he's not going to be looking for touches necessarily. He's going to be um, screening. He's going to be, you know, hitting that push shot when the opportunity comes, but he's going to be a ball mover, right? He's not going to muck up opportunities for a Gary or an OG. He's actually, if anything, he's going to give them more opportunities to shoot the ball and do what they need to be doing. And that is, you know, trying to get the ball in the hoop. And a person like Gary, you may say, oh, well, why, if you want to put Ken in, you know, why not just move Gary to the bench? But the Raptors need his scoring. They need his microwave scoring ability. He heats up really, really fast, like in a heartbeat, all of a sudden he's got 10 points on the board and, you know, teams are more and more scheming for Pascal and they're doubling him. And when he's in those situations, he needs a Gary Trent Jr. He needs someone who's going to be able to, to cut, to, to find those gaps within the, the, the defense and to hit a shot. Right. And when it comes to moving shooters, the Raptors really don't have too many. It's just really, I mean, I guess V would be that guy, but he's obviously not playing. Um, and Fred and Gary. OG has some ability there, but not, not too much necessarily, or hasn't at least shown it consistently enough. And so you need Gary there and they need his scoring. They need obviously his defense on the perimeter because he's one of the best at it. And then with OG, I mean, we've seen him be the number one option. He's been the number two option, number three option, four option, five option. He's been everywhere. And I think he could use some stability with his offensive role. Um, maybe a less, little less fluctuation with it could help him be a more stable offensive threat. And, you know, the post-ups, he's still working on that part of his game. And he's doing it in season, but I'm not really sure how much OG really worked on that during the offseason uh, last year, to be honest with you. I think he was more thinking about, you know, face-up game. How can he score on his man around the you know, free throw line extended, around the nail from the three-point line with his step-back shot that he absolutely loves? And it would be nice to see OG get more of those opportunities. And I think they need him to, to get that because obviously, I mean, when it comes to offense, like you just need to have that feel for the ball. And I think OG and Gary, they do need just to have that rhythm with themselves. Like Pascal's talked about it, that he likes playing the point guard because it's not just about, you know, always shooting the ball. It's about having that feel for the ball, feel for the game. And for an OG, I mean, I think that there are times where he feels a little bit forgotten in the offense. I'm just saying, I think that's the case sometimes. His three-point percentage is at 35% this year. It's usually hovering around 39, 38, something like that. So it's been a bit of a dip, and I definitely think he was one of the people who needed a break. <laughs> that all-star break could not have come soon enough for him, that's for sure. Um, but those two guys, like, they're so, so good uh, on the offensive end, and I think they would kind of be able to capitalize on just more, more presence in the offense. And, you know, Scotty, um, his move to the bench would help him in his own way too. Like, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, Scotty would be all of a sudden he's a bench player. Like when it comes to crunch time or in other parts that he can still get his 30 minutes a game, 35, depending on the case, that's fine. But this is also about, you know, letting, letting Scotty continue to develop because right now he's in a role, which, um, 
the Raptors need him to be in. And he's graciously said, I will do whatever it takes to help us win games. But he's a screener. He's an opportunistic scorer. He's a cutter. And those are all things that Kem Bursch can do. If that's the role that you're looking for, why not just let Kem do it? You know, Scotty, he's not really shooting the three too much, uh, nor does Kem. So you're not really missing anything there. But a move to the bench for Scotty you might be able to unleash another part of his game, things that we saw earlier on the season, the ball handling, the dribbling down the court, um, the isolation opportunities. Ask Nikola Vucevic and Nikola Jokic about his isolation opportunities. Like he backed both of them down in, in games recently and he scored on them, right? And that's kind of the things that you see that you're like, man, this guy needs to get more shots. Yeah, he does. He needs more shots because he's that good. And I want to see him get it, but you know, when he's with the starters, there's just too many cooks. Like I talked about earlier, there's only, only, only so many pieces of the pie and he just doesn't get it all the time. It's that simple. Someone has to sacrifice and he's been one of the people who's sacrifices offense the most, but a move to the bench. Now he's working with that bench unit and with Thad there now too. And, and Delano Bantage, you have three guys who are pretty high basketball IQ players who are willing to make the extra pass, who can really find uh, open opportunities with their teammates. And they're going to make smart decisions, I, I would say. And Delano's kind of grown in that area. And I think we're going to talk about that in a second too. But that would be a great opportunity for Scotty to you know, handle the ball more, uh, continue to develop on the offensive end in different parts of the offensive side of the ball. And I just want to see him more in isolation. I want to see him just go out there and try and score on people. And, you know, a Thad Young, I, I think he's kind of similar in a Kem in a way where he just wants to help the team win. And I think he's going to help Scotty be a better player. You may look at it like, hey, they're both not, you know, great uh, offensive. Uh, they're both not great three-point shooters. And that remains true. But I will rely on the high basketball IQ of a few players to figure it out. And you combine them with, you know, a Chris Boucher. I think there's some, some synergy there that could happen where you have this extremely athletic lineup that is just getting up and down the court constantly. They're cutting, they're moving, they're creating turnovers, they're forcing turnovers, they're creating, making things happen in transition. You might have something really dynamic there. And that could be awesome. That could be awesome for Scotty. And he's going to have a more prominent offensive role, become like the number one, number two option on the court to just get the ball down the floor and be a decision maker again, because he hasn't been able to do that as much because the Raptors, you know, they've just been playing well. They've been playing well on the offensive end. There's been some ups and downs here and there, and that's, that's fine. But him getting some opportunities as the primary ball handler, primary scorer, it's only going to help you. And it's only going to help Scotty be a much better player in the playoffs this season, next year, so forth. You got where I'm going with this. And it's not obviously a bad thing for his minutes to go down a little bit because it's a lot. And probably getting those minutes down to a little bit more of a, a reasonable number for someone at his age could help him, you know, be a better player in those minutes that he is playing. But that's my take, right? I think this is something that they got to think about. Will they do it? I don't know. They're really devoted to their their, their five, uh, their starting five. And understandably, because, you know, that's a core that they want to see going forward. But I think you might find a way to get the best out of everyone with a move like this. But that's my take. I just think they should look at it. And, you know, some of this stuff could happen organically too. Um, if Kembert's, you know, finds his footing. Like I remember in that game against New York, I think it was October or November. And he was the reason why they won that game on the road at MSG because of his ability to defend and his tagging and his containing and the pick and roll. New York loved doing that. They were really trying to get through him and they couldn't do it because he was doing everything exceptionally. And I hope he can get back there. You know, maybe this uh, little break that they had is going to help him to just get a little bit more healthier because he hasn't been himself yet. 
um, since he got back from his knee injury and then he broke his nose too. Man, like when you had a, a broken nose, that truly means that you are snake bitting because that usually means you just got hit in the face with a ball. Someone hit you in the face with a hand or an elbow or something like that. Like things just, just sort of happen to you and it just sucks. Now you are going to miss like two, three weeks. And when you come back, you got to wear a mask. And those aren't fun. Not fun at all. So um, again, something to think about for the Raptors and something else they should think about is, I don't know, maybe shrinking their rotation now that they got Thad. And I think if anyone has been watching the games, you know, that we saw with Thad and again, early days, he's figuring out how to play multiple positions, which is one thing that I don't think he's really used to. And one thing that the Raptors ask of all their players, but he's done a terrific job of getting up to speed. And there he was against the Timberwolves and he was closing the game for them. And I think, you know, it's been well-documented that he is a person that they really like, that they want to give, um, that they've wanted in the system for a couple of years. You know, he's a free agent after this year. You get him on a more reasonable contract. He could very well be back. And with that in mind, there's a lot of cooks. Again, a lot of cooks in the, on, the, in, uh, on the Raptors bench right now. You got Precious Achua, you got Ken Birch, you got Chris Boucher, Delano Banton, a lot of guys who are vying for minutes. And I think, you know, Nick, he, uh, it's become abundantly clear that he really does enjoy playing his starters a lot of minutes. And I'm actually okay with that. In a, like, you know, as long as we're not getting to like 39, 40 minutes, like I don't mind, you know, playing to starters heavy minutes because they're your best players. That's why they are your starters in most cases. And so, you know, let them do it. If they can handle it, give her. But we saw them breaking down towards the end. I alluded to OG and Anobi um, a little bit earlier and he needed a break. He definitely needed a break because you could just see there was no lift on his jumpers. Um, he was missing a lot of easy buckets. Buckets, I think, uh, in the last two games before the break, he missed six layups, and I mean like six layups and dunks to be total and to be clear. Um, and these are like point blank like layups. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. That he was missing. And when I see stuff like that, that is a clear sign to me that a person is just simply tired and they don't have the legs for it. They're not mentally focused because they're exhausted. And, uh, they're going to have to use their bench. And also Nick talked about this too um, before the break that he feels like because of the play of the bench, how much they've improved, that he thinks that he could probably incorporate them more going forward. But with that all in mind, I mean, there's only so many spots, right? Because the starters are going to play a lot of minutes. And Fred actually talked about this um, after the All-Star game. He said that, uh, you know, when it comes to goals for the rest of the season, we want to A, stay healthy. And also we want everyone to find the roles because there's been a lot of up and down and you're starting, you're not, you're playing, you're not. Look at Yuta Watanabe. He hasn't played in, I don't know how long. He's only played like, you know, three, four minutes over the past few games. Like, 
yeah, there's been a lot of fluctuation and it's been a lot of based on, you know, who's playing well, um, who isn't playing well, and also who's healthy, but hopefully they can sustain this, what they got right now and everyone stays healthy and they can kind of go forward and find their mojo. But with that all in mind, yeah, someone's got to probably take a step back because that is here. He's going to play. Chris Boucher is going to play. Um, Ken Birch, he's going to play if he's healthy and, you know, who knows, maybe he's a starter or some games, probably he is. Um, and so they're going to have to make a decision, I think, at some point. And I feel like we could be inching towards, you know, a person like Precious Achua not playing as much. And I, I say this respectfully because I think that he is a person who has a lot of confidence in himself. And he alluded to this a few days ago, actually, that, you know, he feels like he's about to really find something, that he thinks that he's really starting to figure things out. He's got a desire to grow. And he just feels like he's on the on the brink of a breakout. And uh, that's terrific. That's awesome. But I don't know if the Raptors are in a position to kind of go through those steps with him as much. Um, I've talked about it. And, you know, there are cases that we've seen over the past few games, past few months, whatever, that, you know, he's taking shots, he's making decisions that he just shouldn't do. And Chris Boucher has talked about, you know, him, his role acceptance and how it helped him, you know, find his way with the Raptors. And he's like, oh, I don't know why I didn't, wasn't doing this earlier. It's because you wanted more for your offense, right? You wanted to shoot more. You wanted to, you wanted more isolation attempts. You want to shoot your threes. And for Precious, I think he's kind of going through the same thing right now, that he wants to shoot more. He wants to do more on the offensive end. He's obviously working on his game. And uh, that's not always going to be in the cards. Sometimes you just have to accept your role. But with that all in mind, I would like to see him, you know, take Nick Nurse and Masai Ujiri aside and say, hey, let me go to the G League. Let me find my way. Like, look what Delano Banton was doing down there. He was putting up like 38 and 8 incredible numbers. He found his way. He found a groove and he's been able to, you know, slowly but surely uh, implement that into the Raptors. And he's one person that I think the Raptors have to find 10 to 15 minutes for game by game, maybe 20 minutes, depends on the matchup because he's going out there. He does something that not every person on the Raptors can do. And that is push the ball at a frantic pace and they want to play fast. He'll get the ball down the floor. He's going to find open men. He's going to drive to the bucket. He can kind of utilize his size in mismatches, especially as a point guard. He's going to have those mismatches at his height. And, you know, he's finding his way with his jumper a little bit. It has, I mean, if he had a better jumper, he'd probably be playing 20, 25 minutes because that would mean Fred Van Vliet could rest a little bit. And Lord knows Fred needs to rest a little bit more. And hopefully that happens down the stretch of the season. But anyways... I think Delano has earned the right to get his minutes game by game because he's done exactly what he's been asked to do by the coaching staff and he's performing, he's executing. And that's what you want from your players off the bench. You want role acceptance. You want them to do what they're being asked to do. Sometimes it could be the, Hey, we need you to be a volume scorer. Hey, we need you to be a shot creator. Hey, we need you to defend um, on the perimeter and by the bucket and, you know, be this like defensive stopper. It, de it really depends person to person, but for him, they need him to push the ball down the floor. They need him to make smart reads, make smart cuts, to defend, to, you know, pretty much just exert himself to the furthest extent in those 15, 20 minutes that he gets. And he's doing it to his credit. But with Precious, he's still trying to find a way to do that game by game. And, you know, certainly there are certain matchups. I'm sure he looks at it. Oh, I could definitely cook this guy. Sometimes, you know, he does find a way to get a bucket, but it's not consistent enough. And I think with Thad Young there now, I think the Raptors, they got someone who's going to do exactly what they need. And, you know, I, I think that could be a 20, 25 minutes per game player down the stretch. If the Raptors really choose to do that. And that's another part of this too, is that the Raptors may decide that, Hey, Masai, Bobby, Nick, they come to the decision that, 
you know, we want Precious to play. We want him to continue to grow because this is a development year. It's been said nonstop. We all thought, oh, the Raptors would get some sort of now player to help them this season, you know, a guard of some sort. And I guess that could still happen uh, with the buyout market. But no, they went and got that young, a guy that they feel like is going to help them, um, A, you know, continue this philosophy that they have and he fits it like a glove, but also they want his leadership. They want his leadership skills on the court, off the court, because they felt like a lot of these young players need it. So that means that we're being told, like being hit over the head with it, that this is a developing year. And this is another reason why maybe they decide that they want Precious to keep on playing is 20, 25 minutes. And maybe it's Ken Burch who takes a backseat. It's entirely possible. But when, it, but when it comes to winning games, like truly winning games, Precious Achua versus the Ken Burch versus Chris Boucher, I just don't know he's able to, to, com- to compete with them. Like one, Chris is like one of your only stretch bigs. Like, person who can hit threes thankfully that has come around this year and you know i talked about cam earlier i talked about thad banton those are nine those are your nine players with your starters right there and i think that's something that the raptors should really just kind of start rolling with here and you know just because precious if he were to be sent down to the g league doesn't mean he's not going to be with the raptors at all like i mean there are other players who are going up and down delano banton's tonight i believe is playing with the 905 like just keep on you know doing your reps up and down but Going down there and, you know, shoot, dribble, pass, get those ISO opportunities, reach a new level, do everything that you want to do down there because that's what the G League is for. It's going to help him get to his his new level of play that much faster if he just goes out there and plays his style that he wants to play. He'll make mistakes. He can do it down there. That's an narrow spot where you can make mistakes and the Raptors encourage that. So that's something I would love to see. Precious and the Raptors collectively decide. I don't know if they're going to do it, but I think it would be a smart call for everyone. And with, you know, some of the other bench players, like I'm not sure if Utah's going to get back in the rotation. I just don't see a reason why, because they have enough players who do what he does. I mean, granted the three-point shooting would be a nice asset, but he hasn't done it nearly consistent enough, but I, I would imagine he's going to get some opportunity in the coming days to, to show what, if he can stay in the rotation and, you know, hopefully it does. And I mean, Svi, all I know, he's got a player option. Uh, for next season and i wonder if he's gonna opt in or opt out because you know i wouldn't be surprised if he opted out just saying finally though the raptors in the zone yeah going back and forth with uh, with this one there are many teams who are they're throwing zone zone defenses at the raptors because they want to see if they can you know score their way out of it they want to see if they can shoot their way out of it and there have been mixed results um the timberwolves was an interesting uh experiment because it's funny that Chris Finch was just going out of his way to, to zone the Raptors nonstop. Anyways, um, I think the Raptors did a really good job of moving the ball. And if anyone knows, like when it comes to being able to beat a zone defense, it's about moving fast and thinking fast. And for the Raptors with the, the zone defenses that they're seeing, you know, you can have your, your, your zone buster sets and they're obviously necessary. You have, you know, Fred curling around the, the baseline for a three, uh, things like that definitely got to happen. But um, for the most part, you know, the, the hole for the Raptors with the defenses that they're seeing is around the nail. And you need someone right there who's like a, who can pretty much, you know, A, make the smart pass, who can score from around that area. And uh, yeah, has probably the height to see over a lot of players. So you're talking, you know, one of their six, nine players. Thankfully, they have a whole bunch of them. Um, and, uh, you know, over the course of the past few weeks, few months, clearly they've been working on it. I think they have been a lot better at it. And it was, it's nice to see the strides that they're making, but they're certainly, you know, 
more that they can do. And I keep on talking about that young because I think this this highly of him that he is a person I think you could put in the middle of that zone. And he is someone that can make that smart pass. Who's going to make a really quick read. He's going to find where the open man is, you know, part of, again, the zone is you got to know where your teammates are going to be too. And so you need to have this, like this connection with them that, okay, so I know Gary Trent Jr. is heading towards the baseline. I know that Gary's going to be heading back door. I know that, you know, the holes here and I know OG sees it too, because these are all seconds that are going off the clock when you're thinking, and then the zone is getting, it's collapsing on you. It's making things tough on your, your offense and you just can't have it. So it's cool to see, you know, person, it would be cool to see a person like Pascal get an opportunity to be more on the perimeter because I think because of his skill set and his ability to score everywhere on the court, he has been relied upon to be that guy, you know, at the nail who's, you know, organizing the offense, who's finding the open man. And he's been pretty good at it over the past little while. He's really improved. And, you know, a person, a person like Scotty Barnes, he's been able to find those open alleys to, you know, for dump off passes. And they've had some synergy and we kind of saw that against the Timberwolves. And, you know, they didn't have Fred in that game. And obviously Fred's shooting pedigree would have been very helpful there. So all this to say that I think they are doing a much better job of finding offense within zone defenses. Um, they got to be careful with, you know, where they put a precious Achua and a Kevin Birch, because you could see it that, you know, a team like the Timberwolves, they were kind of cheating off precious along the baseline because they're like, well, if you want to shoot the three, like we're comfortable with that shot. And so that was again, clogging the lane. And that was taking, that was negating, you know, passing lanes, driving lanes for a Pascal an OG, a Gary Trent and so forth. So they got to be very careful with when or with the lineups that they decide to roll with, right? Um, Chris Boucher, like I mentioned earlier, he's one of your only bigs who can legit hit a three. And uh, he's going to have to continue to do that because it's usually in those bench lineups that uh, teams are going to start throwing those zone defenses at them. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Raptors react to it. But to their credit, they are getting much better at it. But it's very important that, you know, we talk about personnel and people making the right decisions. You know, if, if Delano Banton, this was a case actually against the Timberwolves, like if he's staying at the nail and he's wide open and you kind of have to make that pass, like it's not necessarily about, you know, do I want to pass to him? Is he going to do okay? Is he going to, ha- is he going to turn the ball over? It's not really about that necessarily. It's more about, you know, making sure that you keep the zone defense moving because once they're able to get in position and you're in the ball is moving fast enough for the defense then you get into trouble. You get into a lot of issues because now the zone defense is dictating you. And sometimes you do just have to trust a player who's wide open to make a smart decision. And that's up, you know, it's incumbent on a Nick Nurse to put players in the right positions and to put players who are capable of handling the responsibility in that nail position. But there's a lot more offense and schemes that you can roll with the with, off of zone defenses. And you know, I think the Raptors, they're, they're finding their groove a little bit with where the, the, the opportunities are going to be. Um, but there's still like, you know, a ways to go, I would say, because there's still times where it gets really clunky and they're very stationary and you have to keep on moving with that zone defense. Cause like I said, you have to keep that defense moving because if they don't move, then you're in trouble. Um, but again, a work in progress. I see the development and it's been taking a little while for them to get there, but it's happening. And they got 25 games before the playoffs and they got to use those opportunities to figure this out because they will get zone defense in the playoffs. It is going to come. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen down the stretch of games. It's going to happen in those bench lineups and they got to be able to get it done. Whether it's a two, three, a one, two, two, you have to find where the avenues are and you have to stay composed. And too often this year, they weren't able to do that, but 
to their credit, like I said, they are getting better at it. So a shout to them and a shout to you for listening to this podcast. Much appreciated. We'll be back soon. Um, Amon will have Friday views on obviously Friday. And yeah, let's, uh, let's be thankful that the Raptors are back. It's been far, far too long. There's been a void in my life. And finally, it will go away once the Raptors are back playing. Talk soon. 